You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone. You are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast, joined today by Jeff Gunther for the third time. So always love having on here as a repeat guest and looking forward to talking about some stuff that might stir some shit up for a bunch of people. I mean, that, that's kind of like the stuff that I enjoy talking about the most. So let's get into it. That's kind of your bread and butter, right? These days. So um, I know before you jumped on, we were talking about therapists making money, therapists putting themselves out there in, in new ways and the feedback that people can get both positively and negatively. And I think you've experienced this firsthand um, as we were just talking about. And it comes a lot of times from the therapist community at large, um, in general, as you build an audience and as you try to do things that are going to bring in more revenue. So you want to take us through a little bit about your experiences because you are now at how many TikTok followers? Like 1.3 million? I'm very close to 1.3 million. And then there's a little over 200,000 on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Pretty amazing. And you just started a Patreon too. So I know that as we grow and, you know, have more visibility in the communities at large and on social media, you're open to more attack, right? You're open to more criticism and feedback and, and not all the criticism is bad, but it exists. So tell us a little bit about how that's going these days with the bigger the audience that he's kind of grown. I mean, there's different. So first of all, I mean, 98% of the feedback I get from people are super positive and encouraging. That includes therapists and non-therapists. Uh, and so I'm always, I'm always happy to get like all the like really touching nice things that people send me and how I can be kind of like for a non-therapist, I can like help people understand the relationships better and get their needs met and help them grow. And then for the therapist, it was like, oh, this is really interesting the way that you're using your platform and building your following and then like all the different types of things that you're offering or business, you know, opportunities that you're, that you're getting into. Um, but there's, there's, there's just like this really funky thing, just like inside the therapy community and outside of it, I guess as well, that like we were trained as professionals to like sit in an office and sit in a chair and do therapy and, and like help people individually grow one 50 minute hour at a time. And that feels like really appropriate. Like that makes sense. That's how we were trained and that's what people expect out of us. And then when you start to kind of like move outside of that box, you might be ruffling some feathers and you could be ruffling feathers from people in the therapist community that feel like this is sort of like a, we need to like protect our profession and do it quote unquote the right way and how people expect. And that if we start to grow into these other areas, it's like the wild, wild west, like what what is okay what's ethical what's crossing a boundary when are you sharing too much um when are you sort of like turning into almost like 
influencer status and like does that is that okay and there's these times where like um i just feel like almost like self-harming myself i'm not like real self-harming but like sometimes i like look for negative comments i'm just like okay (laughs) i'm gonna look for comments and it feels like a self-harm activity and that like i feel horrible about it um and it was a couple of days ago that I decided to Google my name, Jeff Gunther, and then Reddit, <laughs> uh, which will then like show me all these Reddit threads. And it's interesting because I was just like, this is the wrong thing. This, I should not be doing this. But there was a few Reddit threads about what from like younger therapists that were like, you know, fans of my work or like really interested in what I was doing. And I can't name names on this podcast, but there was a therapy app that I was going really hard on trying to expose them for like all the, you know, shitty or unethical things that I thought they were doing. And that got a lot of traction. And I ended up getting a cease and desist letter from that company. And that's all I can really say about who they are. But there was this Reddit thread being like, well, we were, we were, we're watching Jeff, like making all these really inspiring videos about the problems with tech companies and what they're doing, taking advantage of the clients that are using it sharing their information, yada, yada. And then he just stopped. And then he seemed to just be like, well, I'm just going to go after the money. And I really wanted to kind of like respond with like, well, first of all, I had to stop because I got a cease and desist. So I wanted to like defend myself. And I also wanted to be like, it's okay if you're like creating content or if you're a therapist and you want to like create other streams of revenue. But even when these like younger therapists, like who you would think that maybe like might be a little bit more open for to all the different possibilities, they also just like, they got this like ick factor from me. And there was another person on that thread that was just like, Ugh, he's calling himself an influencer now. And any therapist that calls themselves an influencer, red flag, that's not okay. Uh, and I just think it kind of like goes into this whenever message or belief that like therapists should not be expanding into all these different areas because that feels, I don't know, predatory. What do you, why do you think that that is? I have so many thoughts on this. One, let's see. <laughs> I like that you named that it was almost self-injurious as this like <laughs> massive of like, I'm going to go down this road and just read these comments. But I like that you're open to the feedback because I think that's, that's crucial. But you know, I think I was, I had, um, Dr. Jenna Robinson on here a couple of weeks ago and, you know, she's an eight figure businesswoman and therapist and coach and podcast host and speaker and author. And she was talking about this and it started to like make a lot of sense to me when she was talking about how therapists skill sets are so diverse and so applicable in so many arenas and she said one thing that really stood out to me, which was that she wrote this book that became a bestseller. It's, you know, she said it's hit all seven continents now. And that for people who can't afford to pay her for therapy, they can read the book and still get something out of the book for $20. And that made me think about what you just said about therapists becoming quote unquote influencers and moving into all these realms, because you can still use the skills that you have as a therapist as someone with a master's or a PhD, with all of this training to help people in different ways. Yet, I think there's still this gatekeeping in a way of like, therapy has to look this way. Mm -hmm. And I can see the perspective of like, could this do harm? But I think that's why there are disclaimers as in like my TikTok 
audience, I'm you're not my therapy clients, right? Mm -hmm. But don't get therapy from Instagram posts. Like, but there are still going to be people who do not have access to therapy who might go on a TikTok series or an Instagram video or two and get something really meaningful out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I want, I mean, in my disclaimers that I make, one of the things that I've recently said is that if you're watching these videos, I want you to use your critical thinking skills that sometimes it's not going to apply to you and you should just scroll on by. And sometimes it's going to really resonate and that's great. Understanding that like this is a 60 second video that lacks a lot of nuance and you can like apply a lot of whataboutism to everything I'm saying and you're probably 100% right. Like yeah. you're right. I get it. And this isn't like 60 seconds. A 60 second video is not long form where I can like really get into all the different perspectives. And yet even then I'm going to miss it because I'm like a privileged person with like all the privileges. So I don't understand. I'm able to like forget um, how I'm affecting people or I don't understand what it is to like live in your shoes. And so I need to be like open to the feedback in order to like continue to grow. And even if that feedback comes from, so one of the things that I do is that like sometimes the feedback is just like really aggressive. And if that happens, then I send my friends into the comment section to collect all the feedback that's actually really good and to not tell me about all the feedback that are sort of like trying to like tear me down. And again, that like that rarely happens. Uh, but when it does, I have to have a plan as to like how I'm going to address it. The other problem is that like as you grow and step out of the office and try new shit, um, there's going to be there's going to be people that just sort of like uh, want to be mean to you because they think it's fun or they think it's really interesting. There is like think uh, like three or four days ago, some somewhat popular podcast like uh, these like two comedians like pulled up one of my TikTok videos that was like, very benign. I was like, hey, this is what self esteem is. Whatever. <laughs> like it wasn't controversial at all. But they just started being like, look at the shirt he's wearing. He looks so fucking stupid. Look at his teeth. They're not like straight enough. Look at the way he talks. It seems like he has a lisp. Like the, he, like the way that he combs his hair is so fucking stupid. They just sort of like started tearing down what I look like. And I just like accidentally stumbled upon that video. And I decided to watch it, the whole thing, for some fucking reason. I don't know why. Um, but you really got to do well at like staying away from that stuff. And if you also, if you like lean a little bit more left or progressive or something, and you know, a few weeks ago, I made a video about like, let's not blame mass shoot, uh, mental health issues on mass shootings. And maybe we should like take a look at the patriarchy and gun laws or something. We're just like, yes, okay, we can get behind that. But that video landed up on this Twitter account called Libs of TikTok. Are you familiar with that Twitter account? <laughs> Wow. They just, yeah, they just like take these sort of like progressive liberal messages, put them on their Twitter thread, and then everybody like just rails on them. Uh, and the, the scary part is that you could get doxxed. Like you could, like all of your information, personal info can be taken and like used against you, or your bank account can be drained, or some horrible thing can happen. So it's, you know, we're talking about like some of the things that you maybe need to like watch out for. However, like I said, there are like really good, supportive, amazing, loving, awesome people out there that like like the content I'm creating uh, or people that like have legitimate like concerns about something I said. And they're like, oh, I love what you do. Have you thought about it this way? And that's all, you know, like you, I most often get approached that way. 
Yeah, very constructive feedback in a way. And, I, you know, the one thing I've always said about you is that you don't run from the controversy. I mean, you've, I've seen you own it and offer apologies even in situations and, and just try really hard to know and acknowledge that we don't always get it right. And you're right. And it's like, what about ism situation, right? Like I've made TikTok videos and Instagram reels and they're 30 seconds or a minute long and somebody will pick it apart. How come you didn't discuss this? How come you didn't mention this? And I'm like, it is 30 seconds. I cannot, I cannot get your engagement and your attention and address everything in 30 seconds. It's just not possible. So as you gain more following and traction, you're obviously going to be in front of a lot more or a larger audience. 1.3 million people is a lot of people. You have to assume that not everybody is going to like what you have to say, but it also sounds like you really need to have thick skin to some degree too, because we are human beings. It does hurt when people do these things or say these things. And I imagine watching this podcaster's video or, you know, tear you apart, that had to be painful in some regard too. Yeah, it is painful. It's especially painful when like other popular creators or influencers or people that have a platform start talking about you because then it's like, ah, this feels extra uh, painful because I imagine they know what it feels like. They're a human being that also doesn't like to feel that way, that doesn't like to be made fun of or torn down or ridiculed, yet they're deciding to do that. Uh, they're just sort of like, it feels like they're forgetting that like we're all humans and that we're going to be really affected. So then I have this um, decision to make. And sometimes I reach out like privately to that creator. I'm like, hey, tell me more information. What do you think it is? You're like, why are you upset with me? Or this feels unprovoked. Where is this coming from? Or that really hurt my feelings. Or I'm just like, I'm going to show you some vulnerable, like sensitive side of me. And a lot of times that disarms them and they quickly apologize. They're like, I shouldn't have done that. I know how it feels. I feel really bad. And that's all I kind of like need. And then other times it seems like eh, I might be setting myself up for even more bullshit. <laughs> so I'm just going to kind of like try to ignore it and move on. Um, it's it's hard to make that calculation. But yeah, there is like a, a sort of like a thicker skin that I guess you have to develop. And you have to understand when you like want to like show your vulnerability to somebody to see if you can like get some healing around it. Yeah. I think that takes a lot to reach out and acknowledge and even understand that they may not receive it the way you'd like it to be received and could potentially that as further ammunition. And, you know, I think the, the, the reason you have developed a following is because you're real and you talk about stuff that people aren't talking about the way that you are. And I think it's very engaging and you don't build the audience that you've built without being engaging. And Going back to what you said before about therapists feeling like, is this a power dynamic issue? Are we having too much influence on people? Like social media is the way of the world, right? Like everyone is on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, doesn't matter. And you have a voice and you have something to say. And I think it's important. And I, I see your videos and it's always like licensed professional counselor at the top. So it's not as if you're just random person spouting out information. And then these disclaimers of like, this isn't therapy, right? But I just keep going back to accessibility and social media. Like people have this at the edge of their fingertips all the time. And then have the ability to get all of this information. 
I know you do a lot of TikTok videos on like healing relationships and relationship patterns and self-esteem. Why the fuck shouldn't you be doing that? Because all of that stuff is really helpful. And you even do videos on like what you should ask your therapists and things that they should do. I think that ruffles therapists' feathers because they're like, we already have this like this portrayal in the media of how therapists are. You shouldn't be highlighting this, but I think we should be talking about that stuff because we're just empowering people to ask for what they need in situations where there are power dynamics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's like basically the main message behind a lot of my videos is like, speak up, <laughs> like whether it's to your therapist or to your partner, or to your community or to your family, whatever it is, like go ahead and speak up. So there's a lot of videos about like, speak up, get those needs met. There's also a lot of videos about like, I'm just going to validate you. Everything in the world is really fucked up and crazy. You most likely are blaming yourself and thinking that there's something wrong with you. You're, you happen to be living through an incredibly traumatic time in history right now. We have no idea when that's going to end. These are like the symptoms. Here's the cause. Here's These are the symptoms. And it just sort of like helps to kind of like get people to like regulate themselves, stop blaming themselves. And they're just like really concise um, bits of information that's mostly, that's just like educational, sometimes entertaining, but not therapeutic. This is not a therapy session. And that's not what you should expect out of me. However, like you're saying, there is that accessibility part where going to a therapist is a privilege. You have to have money or insurance or time or whatever. And if you don't have that, then it could be really nice if you uh, go onto TikTok or Instagram and get like a free 60 second clip, or you can just go through my whole library of over 500 videos or all the other therapists that are putting stuff out there. Or if you want, you can subscribe to my Patreon for $4 a month. And that was really triggering for some folks as well. Yeah, I have. So a <laughs> couple of thoughts there. I do like, you know, the mention of the privilege, right? Like not everyone gets to go see a therapist. I think everyone should, but that doesn't mean everyone has the means. So there are tons of therapists on TikTok and Instagram giving out content and it's free. Why the fuck shouldn't we take advantage of that? Uh, I was doing TikTok videos on neurodiversity and neurodivergence for a while. And I won't give you credit, man, because like <laughs> when I was in Nashville speaking at this conference, I put a video out that got about a million views in two days. And <laughs> keeping up with comments, I think I DM'd you actually. I was like, okay. how do you keep up with this? Because I had to keep, I'm a very responsive person. Every time I got a comment, I felt like I had to respond to it. And it was just like, Oh my God, I don't think I could do this on a, on a daily basis. So I give you and all the other people out there with large followings, a lot of credit because it was a lot and it was exhausting. However, what I got out of that was so many people who felt validated and seen and heard for the first time and said, like, I couldn't put it into words like that. Thank you for that. Sending DMs on TikTok about like, do you have any suggestions about finding a therapist in my state? So I think that was really useful. Um, I did get a lot of people who asked me if I could be their therapist, which I politely declined. <laughs> but I do think that those are the things where people don't see that side of it, where they're like, this is really helpful to the community at large. Um, On to your Patreon comment, because <laughs> I witnessed a lot of that. So you're doing a Patreon, $4 a month, more access to you, more access to the videos you create, some behind the scenes type stuff. Tell me about the the mindset behind this i mean it, obviously it's like i want to make some money but for four dollars a month 
you are offering value. Oh yeah. It, and, and let me just say like, it is so fucking weird. Like I did not think that my career journey would end up here. This is, this was like not my intent when I went to grad school 20 years ago. Um, but I think it's a really interesting way for, for me and for like other therapists to think about moving into their, you know, uh, creating different revenue streams. And it's also allowing me like all the different revenue streams allow me to charge very little for my therapy and private practice. So now I'm able to just charge $20 a session to people that need right. it. So that is another form of accessibility, right? So like, because you've created this platform and you can make money in other ways, therapy now becomes accessible. So mm -hmm. anyway. <laughs> Good point. So Patreon is a monthly subscription where you can subscribe to me or anyone else who has a Patreon account and you can get this extra content. And so the 60 second videos that I was uploading to TikTok and Instagram, a lot of the people were just asking like a ton of questions, like tell me more, tell me more. And I'm not just gonna like continue making videos about the same topic over and over again. So what I did was like, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make a little 60 second video. And then right afterwards, I'm going to make like a five to 10 minute like video about like why, where this is coming from, uh, the theoretical background, like things that tips and tricks that work or things that don't work or why, what I've done personally, or it can go off in like all these different directions where I kind of know what people are like wondering most about. And then I upload that 10 minute video to my Patreon account where they can like get all this extra access. So I've been doing that for exactly 30 days now. And I have a little over 1300 subscribers and I get on average about 40 new Patreon subscribers a day. Uh, so, you know, do like simple math of like 1300 times four, and that's what I'm getting per month. And it's only going up like every day. And hopefully that continues, we'll see, but I feel I'm pretty confident about it. And I'm able to like access, I'm able to be like more accessible to like so many other people. And I'm going to like start providing like um, TikTok, like live or not TikTok, like live stream Q and A's on my Patreon so that like we can like really start interacting. Also, I'm protecting myself because it's, that is a separate LLC that has nothing to do with my private practice. And it's more of like a coaching thing that I'm doing where I'm just sort of like giving this advice. So I also like need to be like legally protected. Um, I got some... There was like some folks in TikTok and Instagram that like love my free content that were like upset because like, oh, now there's this paywall. Now I have to like pay for extra. I was like, yeah, I'm putting a lot of extra energy into this. <laughs> you might want to yeah, pay for it. That you're spending about five to seven hours a week making videos. Oh, yeah. No, I'm spending even more um, time now. For sure. Yeah. And so, of course, I'm going to put some financial constraint on this because like, this is my livelihood, right? Like, mm -hmm. yes, it's great to have free content. Yes, it's great to have accessibility. And $4 a month, you can have even more. And I, it's not as like cutting it off completely. No more free TikTok, no more Instagram. It's like, you can still find all of this valuable information out here and it's still out in the world for you to access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm not skipping a beat. I'm still uploading to one minute videos every single day that, you know, like I'm just, it's not getting in the way. So... It, but, you know, and then there was, I didn't quite see all the hubbub on Facebook, but there was like 
some um, pushback in the therapist community about what I was doing. Uh, and I think that like, I'm one of like, I'm not the first person to ever do this, but I'm, but I'm one of the first movers to be like, let's move into this weird fucking place and like have <laughs> therapists have their own Patreon accounts. Like, let's see what happens there. And that is not to be expected sometimes and people are going to have issues with it. I just keep thinking about your foresight and how some of your ideas have been really cutting edge because the first time you and I sat down and talked on my podcast, you were talking about stapling flyers on telephone poles, <laughs> Portland, Oregon to get therapy clients and also advertising in Craigslist. And I imagine a lot of the time when you are somewhat of a quote unquote trendsetter in a way or thinking about things differently, you're gonna get it people who just question why the motivation, the why, letting you know that this is not the norm, that this isn't appropriate. But at the end of the day, I bet people would kill to start thinking about these ideas and it's hindsight, right? Like in a year, will more therapists be thinking, damn, I should have taken that advice or like mm -hmm. I should have moved the space earlier than I could have. And I'm just, again, going back to Ajeda's example of a book. You may not equate a book to a Patreon account, but why the hell wouldn't you? Because your book is something you've created, right? You've written it, you've spent a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience goes into that. And then anybody can pick that up and read it. It's the same thing about creating an online platform where people have accessibility to you in seconds. So I, I just, I always struggle with the disconnect in the therapist world when we start talking about money. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Not everyone has equal right and access and resource. We get that. But what difference does that make provided you're a private pay practice? You could pick that apart. If you're going into coaching, you could pick that apart. If you're offering courses and podcasts, like we could pick all of these things apart. And I always wonder where the actual motivation comes from in those situations, because you're just using skills that we all had in a different arena. And I don't see anything wrong with that. It's not as if in Patreon, you're saying like, this is a group therapy session for 1500 of you, where you're like, you know, that, that's not what you're doing. So what are your thoughts on where all this kind of stems from and comes from? I mean, it's fine. I mean, I don't, it's, it's hard to put language to it, but I, I think I get it energetically because I also, <laughs> I'm also selling merch and how fucking weird is like a therapist is selling t-shirts, like graphic tees. And I'm but, 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 but therapists have their own fucking merchandise lines all the time, right? Like therapists have t-shirts and mugs that they sell and like, all like t-shirts with therapist sayings on them. And like, what does, why is it any different to do that? I know Nicole Arts, who runs psychotherapy memes. She has a huge following. She was on my podcast a couple weeks ago. She has a merchandise line. Like, why is it any different for you to create a merchandise line as an influencer in a different arena? <laughs> I think it's, it's a funny picture when you imagine like, and this is not what I'm doing, but I think that people might imagine that like I'm selling my merch to my clients that are coming in where I'm like giving right. them therapy. And then by when they're leaving, hey, make sure you hit that merch table, <laughs> pick up the latest graphic tea. That'd right. be a really good TikTok video. But, and, and that is not what I'm doing. But I think that like 
people see me, see us as therapists doing a very specific job and not and not like creating our own brand, right. which is what I'm doing. So that feels weird and that feels gross to people. Like, should therapists be their own brand? Yeah, fuck yeah, go for it. Or don't, and I don't give a shit. Like, do whatever the fuck feels best for you. I really don't care. Um, but it's it's weird and it's new and it's awkward to people. And maybe they feel like, you know, a therapist is like, I don't know, taking advantage somehow. I have no idea where they're going. But, I, but again, like energetically I understand why that's weird. But if you're going to, you don't even have to like be, you don't have to create a quote unquote brand in order to like sell lots of books or shirts or Patreon subscribers. Like you can just like start to create your little community online, a very devoted community that has a relationship with you and then do others. So you can like start, you know, sell a course, start a podcast, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's a funny thing that like doesn't compute sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. For a profession of people who are supposed to see the gray, it's a lot of black white thinking in terms of this. And it is always, it always comes back to the money piece. And it always comes back to our own concepts around money and, and the energy behind it. If you're starting a business, even if it's a private practice, you have a brand, right? You have, even if you're not really like building it, you're still a small business owner. You're still charging people's fee for service. You're still collecting that money. You're still leaving your agency job because you're thinking I can make six times as much in private practice. So like, where is the disconnect? Well, I don't think, here's the thing. I, I think part of the disconnect is that like, and you probably experience this in your practice. We all do. Like a lot of the clients that are coming in and talking to us about their um, their depression or anxiety or their trauma, whatever is going on, like a lot of this, like the causes is capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> like it's capitalism or white supremacy or like consumerism. So the capitalism and consumerism is causing mental health issues and I, as your therapist, am a capitalist taking advantage of this capitalist system. So I'm sort of like using, I'm like kind of like being the abuser almost or playing a part. And uh, there's sort of like, well, I, I live in a capitalist society so I and I, and I want to survive and I want to make money. So I'm going to have to operate in like capitalistic ways, but I'm also contributing to the problem. And maybe I shouldn't be doing that. And I should only be starting a revolution and burning it all down, which is a very, maybe I, maybe we all should be doing that. Like I will join that fucking revolution. But before that happens, I'm going to, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to act like a capitalist and that feel there's a cognitive dissonance there. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I couldn't say it better myself. I think that's exactly it. I think that it is the feeling of incongruency or like these things can't be coexisting as it's like. I can't make money and prescribe to this capitalistic idea that I don't buy into. But in turn, I am a business owner who is making money, helping people. But I also acknowledge that the systems in place don't help people. And then it becomes very convoluted very quickly. And like you said, I'm here to burn it all down too. I'm all about it if we can, if we had a fucking movement like that. But we still have to feed our families. Like we still have to pay our bills. We still have to take care of ourselves. And 
I think we oftentimes lose sight over the fact that like by you creating an audience and a platform, I know it's not just for accessibility. I know there's a part of you that that enjoys having an audience. You and I have talked about this and making money because you've put energy and effort into it. But circling back to what you said about offering $20 therapy in Portland, Oregon, I imagine that's not being done very often. And you can do that because you're doing these other things. You could not do that if you weren't. And I think that's the disconnect for people too, is the lack of acknowledgement as if you can do these things to make money, you can balance the scales in your own way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. If my goal is like, if one of my goals is accessibility, which it very much is, then I'm going to be in alignment with that in whatever way possible. And also with Patreon, I could charge fucking $25 a month, but I'm charging $4 a month. That's still very accessible. Um, I don't know. I get, I get, you know, defensive. <laughs> but I, I, I try not to be because I know that I'm still missing things. I'm still not quite understanding the impact that I'm having on some people and the harm that I might be doing to therapists or non-therapists or whoever. And so I'm like open to that feedback, but I'm trying to like also be transparent in that like I'm trying my best and I'm trying to grow and I'm not going to be perfect and I'm going to fuck up. And if I do do something that's like upsetting or wrong or whatever, then like if you come at me and let me know, then I want to have a discussion with you. But oftentimes like you, you might just be coming at me just to come at me and I can't tell which one it is. Are you coming at me to like call me in? Are you coming at me to call me out and make an example out of me? And also like, like I said, I'm like a white person with all the privileges and I'm sort of like acting as like this avatar. And if you want to project a whole bunch of things, I'm like all men or all white people are the work there. Yes. Like a white person has to prove, a man has to prove that they're safe or that they're good or that they're ethical or that they're not sexist or whatever. And if you feel like I haven't done that yet, then I'm going to try my best to do it. And if I never do it for you and you put all this stuff on me, then that totally makes that makes sense as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that's perfectly said. And I love, again, the acknowledgement of that. And it is so complicated, man. I, I think it's so challenging to think that we're in this era where mental health therapists are feeling so burnt out because we're experiencing all this shit too. And I, you know, it, it, that's also feels privileged because I know therapists of color and members of the LGBTQ community are like, yeah, every day with my clients is like experiencing the same thing my clients experiencing. But like between the state of the world and the country and election stuff and climate change and COVID, it's like we are fucking tired. And it makes sense why so many people are looking for alternative options. And I think I see more now than ever therapists who want to do something different. And whether it's part-time job, whether it's like burning it all down and moving to the woods to never be seen again, like, and I just don't think we can support our own mental health and stay in this career for the long haul if we also cannot have these other outlets to be able to either make money or be creative or just use different parts of the brain. And it's a shame that there's so much shame in culture in the therapist community too. And like you said, it's not hundred percent of the population, but it, there's a percentage for sure. And it's just, it's a, it's complicated. And I think it's something to continue to revisit, you know, over time. And 
Hopefully more and more therapists can just see that there are a lot of ways to help people and not all of them have to be clinical. Yeah, exactly. And we're moving like the culture or technology or whatever it is, is moving in this direction. And I want to be a part of it, but it's clunky and it's weird. And there's mistakes that are made. And then you like learn and pick yourself up and move on. There's like all the therapy apps out there. I think they're all doing it wrong, but I think that like some of them um, have their heart in the right place. The ones that maybe like don't have investors <laughs> um, okay. that are just maybe a little bit more scrappy. Um, I think they're like trying to figure it out. I think that like therapy needs to be more accessible and people, there's like technology can help that, can make that happen, but we haven't figured it out yet. So we're going to criticize it. I've done a lot of criticizing. People are going to criticize me. I understand what's going on, but like, listen to me on this podcast and understand that I'm trying my bet the best I can. I'm a human. I feel um, incredibly bad and sometimes appropriately so if I hurt people and I don't mean it. Um, and it doesn't matter if I don't mean it. Like, we understand this. We get it. The other, like, part of creating, like, more of a online platform or community is that you just get more opportunities given to you. So, like, important magazines or news outlets or opportunities to, like, expand even more, like, start approaching me. And then I get to have like an even bigger voice. And as I do that, I can like help other people that don't have the same privileges and like raise them up with me. So I understand that that is like part of my responsibility to like raise up other voices that aren't being raised. And I'm constantly trying to like figure out how I can do that as well. Um, so, so yeah, I'm thinking about all this stuff. And, and after listening to this podcast episode, you might be like, fuck it. There's no way I'm getting into any of that shit. And I totally understand. And you should just be a therapist talking to your clients. Um, but a lot of the time you like eventually hit this place in your career where it's just like, what's next? And there's a lot of possibilities out there. Yeah. That's really well said. Yeah. I would, I would piggyback on that to reemphasize that if you have any sort of perception about Jeff or other people in similar situations like Jeff, just listen to these episodes, listen to who they actually are, not just the one minute snippets. Because what I've told people before, man, is like, you're probably one of my favorite guests to have on here because you're willing to be as real as can be and also own the other side of it too. And I don't think a lot of people do that or see the humanness when we're just looking at like social media clip and social media clip. It's a lot harder to kind of disseminate information and also parse it apart to be like, oh, on the other end of this message is a human being. And I think we oftentimes lose sight of that, especially on social media. So I appreciate that about you very much. And yeah, it's nice to be able to start thinking about leveraging your own brand and, and reputation and following into bigger avenues, because like you said, then you can disseminate information on a bigger scale and and that can really help people out in a lot of ways too. So, and and like we're saying, like I think it's important to think for therapists to think of themselves as their own brand. It's happening whether they know it or not. And also, that sounds so fucking gross and capitalistic. I want to barf all over the place. <laughs> and there's something really wrong that we're like all that we all have this personal brand 
that we're trying to create on all these different like social media platforms or just on our websites or profiles or whatever the fuck it is. Like there's a lot wrong with capitalism and the fact that like we're, that I'm using this language to, to describe or encourage you to like create your own brand and think about how you're being perceived. Um, and, and that's like so far away from anything I learned in grad school. There was no classes on creating your own brand and social media etiquette. Maybe there is, I don't, is there now? Do, do, no? I, Not to I, my knowledge, unless some school is really ahead of the curve and like addressing this stuff because way too often I hear, we didn't learn anything about business in grad school. And we were just kind of told you follow this one path and that's what this career looks like. And it, I could agree with you like, and relate very much. I, in grad school, did not see becoming a podcast host or a coach or retreat planner in the mix. I just saw like, I want to help people and that's all I know. And, you know, I think you do evolve over time. And like you said, some people are going to be very content with having a practice for the rest of their lives. And that is okay. And some people are going to be like myself and do something well and then think, what's next? I'm bored. And that's also okay. And there's the middle ground. I think, I think that's the dissonance though, is what you're naming right now about like branding, being visible, capitalism, being anti-capitalism, and then having it all tie in. It feels really murky. And I think that's why there are stumbling blocks right now and just trying to make our own ways with what works for us while ethically kind of combating the back and forth in the narrative that exists. Yeah. I'm interested to see like, if like any of our licensing boards start coming out with like, whether or not it's okay to be on social media, what the social media ethics are around, like I'm into, you know, find figuring out what that could be or what that should be. But I haven't yeah. seen any boards take any sort of stance whatsoever about any of this stuff. And I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but probably eventually at some point it will. Um, yeah. Our boards can't even get it together enough to like have uniform licensing and reciprocity. So, <laughs> you know, it'll be very, I think you're right. It's probably down the, the, the line quite a bit, but it would make sense if that, if some sort of legislation from one or two states came out, if you, but th we already have that verbiage right, right around like coach versus counselor. But then you still see a ton of therapists like kind of looping it all in together. So again, murky and like people are going to make their own decisions about how they want their careers and their businesses to go. And I think it's just really important for anyone listening to think about what makes the most sense for you, your value system, if you want to be more entrepreneurial. I, I mean, there's, there's so many different avenues and it doesn't have to look one way. Right. Yeah, exactly. And one of the first things I did to start like creating a new stream of income was leasing out office spaces and then furnishing them and renting them out part time. And that did really well until the pandemic hit. And now it's like it hasn't recovered. Um, and I'm trying to get rid of all those office spaces. Um, so there's going to be some things that are going to like work well for a little while. And then eventually, like the world is going to evolve or it's not going to be as needed. And I'm really interested in like continuing to like hop into like, oh, what's what's happening? What's trending? How can I be ahead of the curve and figure it out? Um, and if you do that, like that's really exciting, but also you're going to make a lot of mistakes. There's not a lot of blueprints for this sort of shit. And you have to be as open as possible to getting feedback and understand that like when I do get feedback, sometimes like I'm going to respond 
defensively. I'm going to disagree with it right away. And that's not the time to like leave comments or respond to anybody. <laughs> it's really right. time to like sit back and listen to what they're saying. And I'm not always 100% successful at doing that. So that's something that I'm always working on. Yeah, I respect that. I think that's spot on. And I think as people too, right? Like we focus so much more on the negative feedback than the positive. Like I'm even thinking about my newsletter when people respond, like, you know, I sent out an email when Rovers Wade got overturned and it was a good way to weed out my email list. I'll tell you that. And <laughs> people were like, I would never work with you now. You will never get my money, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, good, that's fine. But in reality, we never think about the other side of it where it's like overwhelming a positive response from stuff like that. And I think we really do hyperfixate on like and hyper focus on the negative um, as human beings. And I think being a pioneer in some of this stuff, right? Like I have to imagine people who started doing telehealth before telehealth was telehealth got a lot of feedback where it was like, this is unethical. You don't know where your client is. You could, how do you know if you're allowed to do it? Is it as uh, therapeutically sound or effective? And now here we are in a world where like everyone has a telehealth practice. And I just think you're going to see this constant evolution as society evolves and changes and people want more access at their fingertips. And that's just kind of the world that we live in. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And one of the most like touching things that has, that I've like experienced like a really nice, sweet thing is that, um, a lot of my content is mostly about relationships and getting your needs met and speaking up and co-regulation and shit like that, all the good stuff. Uh, one day, I think it was maybe about a month ago now, I went to go see one of my all-time top five favorite bands from the 90s, Third Eye Blind. Just, I'm such a fucking super fan. I love <laughs> Third Eye Blind. <laughs> uh and I, I got tickets to go see Third Eye Blind. I was supposed to see them on like March 12th, 2020. And that's that was like the day everything sort of locked down here in Portland and the concert was canceled. So then finally they came back to Portland. They went to, they were like playing at one of our like big festival areas where there's just like a grassy lawn. And I did not take any of my friends I went all alone because it was just going to be me and Third Eye Blind. Just me and Stephen Jenkins, the lead singer from Third Eye Blind. We're going to connect and it's going to be amazing. I showed up early. I got my favorite spot where I could like see everything that's going on really close. I could like maybe make eye contact and feel like there's a connection between us. And so I'm just sitting there. The first band goes on and then there's 20 minutes between the next band where Third Eye Blind, Third Eye Blind is going to go on. I'm just like sitting on this lawn. And there's these two friends that are like trying to find a space to sit. They sit right in front of me. And one of them turns around and she looks at me and I can tell that she recognizes me from TikTok and she doesn't say anything. And she just sort of like crawls over and gives me a huge hug. <laughs> and she gives me a huge hug and she starts to turn really teary. And then she like pulls back and she's like, oh my God, you're therapy, Jeff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm therapy, Jeff. From TikTok. She's like, I was, I live in LA. I was in an abusive relationship. I watch your videos all the time. It gave me the strength and the awareness that I need to leave. I broke up with him. I got in a car with my best friend and we just drove north and we landed in Portland and I've never been here before. And then I saw that Third Eye Blind, my favorite breakup song band was playing and I went to go see them and I sat down and I turn around and it's therapy, Jeff, sitting right behind me. She's just like, 
Thank you so much. This is amazing. This was like the universe being like, I made the right decision. I couldn't thank you enough. And we had like this really sweet, nice conversation. And I was just like, ah, oh, that was just like so lovely and amazing. And I got like this real experience of like, yes, I affect change with my individual clients and also so many other people all across the country or world. Uh, and it's amazing. And I recommend it. Oof, that's powerful. <laughs> Damn, it's, that, that's amazing. So while like watching Semi Charm Life and <laughs> that's amazing. So what a wonderful, wonderful moment to just be able to to have that human connection. And that never happens if you if you're not talking about what you're talking about. Yeah. And the way that you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was very sweet. And I get like it's those sorts of experiences that I get so much more than like the right. upsetting and negative experiences. And that's why I can like keep on moving forward and have fun making this top 10. Love it. It's a good note to end on for sure. I, I just appreciate that perspective and I hope everyone listening, regardless if you're just stepping out into social media and posting or developing an audience, just really try hard to focus on the positive interaction too, because there's a lot of it and you're not going to make everybody happy and that's okay. We don't exist in an echo chamber and not everyone like what you have to say, especially as your audience grows and your reputation grows and your success grows. I mean, it, it sucks, but it is the reality. So thank you for sharing that. It's really wonderful. Yeah. And most importantly, I want to say, if you're looking for some really sweet graphic tees, go to therapyjeff.com. That's the all my merch. It, you will look amazing. You'll look just like me. We can be twins posted on Instagram. You will never be hotter for this. For this <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> I like that you knew I was about to say, Jeff, tell the audience where they can find more about you. Uh, what about your Patreon? Where can they find that? Yeah. So you can go to therapyjeff.com to learn more about me, buy all my shit. You can go to TikTok and Instagram, uh, just searching for Therapy Jeff. And you can go to patreon.com, uh, enter Therapy Jeff into there. And that's where you can subscribe to my Patreon. And if you're a therapist and you're interested in like, how is this guy making money? Can I duplicate it? You can duplicate every single fucking thing I'm doing. <laughs> you can look at all of my videos and be like, oh, I have my own take on everything that Jeff is saying and just like totally replicate my, uh, my shit. You won't have like the charisma and dashing good looks, but like still you'll probably do okay. You know what I mean? Um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's where, that's where you can find me. You can also email me at jeff at therapyjeff.com, but there's a filter for like, if you're a troll, if you're a hater, then I don't see it. So only positive message, only good vibes at jeff at therapyjeff.com. Well, that'll all be in the show notes and you have to find Jeff in a lot of different areas. You know, you can watch his Instagram, his TikTok, his Patreon. You can buy some cool merch. So therapy Jeff. <laughs> as always i appreciate you coming on and making the time it's always an enjoyable time to have a conversation with you yeah yeah i love being here and i can't wait to come back next time great and for everyone listening to the all things private practice podcast we're on all major platforms like download subscribe and share new episodes out every single sunday you can find more about me coaching podcasts retreats at allthingspractice.com or you can go to the all things private practice facebook group and we will see you next week. Thanks, Jeff. Mm -hmm.
This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.